Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase, every day. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. It's my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show, where our mission is to serve you and empower you so you make better financial decisions in your life. Today, standing desks are all the rage. I've used one for years, but is it actually good for my health or bad for my health? I got new info for you. And later, inflation, supply shortages, we're really getting into the idea of buying used. And I want to talk to you about where you find the deals. So I've had uh, this thing about standing desks forever. When I do the podcast, I stand the whole time. Uh, When I did radio all through the decades, I stood. I stand for TV. I hated it when I did TV where they had me at an anchor kind of desk and I had to sit on one of those stupid stools. I like to stand. And it turns out that in a sedentary culture, standing is really important for health and lifespan. That, I mean, there's study after study after study that finds that you will improve your health by standing. But too much of a good thing can become a bad thing. So standing desks used to be something that were high-end corporate cost of fortune. Now standing desks are available very inexpensively. A lot of them are electronically powered. And the value of that is if you're working all day long at a desk, you don't want to stand all eight or 10 hours. You want to alternate standing and sitting. If you're at a desk job, though, you don't get to choose how you sit every hour. Get up, just walk around for two minutes. I'm asking you, set the stopwatch on your phone for two minutes and just walk for two minutes each hour. And that alone will help your health. And there, oh, there's Krista's. So you just did your two minutes? Yep. Just got my little alarm. Sorry about that. Didn't realize it was on. <laughs> so did you walk your two minutes no. or no? Well, no, you're it's actually standing. my phone ringing in. I sh- yeah, didn't realize you're... it was on. I, hey, look, I was playing along. I was making it sound like I know, you were I know. doing your Sorry. walking. I can't but lie. You were so genuine. Can't lie. Okay. Yep. But you you stand at home. You have a yes. I stand and desk. Sit. Yeah, I do both. How do you decide? Like, do you just get tired on your feet and then you'll lower it down? Sometimes. Well, I don't ever lower it down. I have a stool that I'll sit on sometimes. I, so I hate don't have stools. To, oh yeah, I know. They're so bad for my back. I know. I kind of like them. Or sometimes I'll take a break. I'll move with my laptop into another room and sit in another room and then come back to the desk. But, but you and I. It's funny. You and I were both taking a walk. When we talked on the phone, we were both taking a break from working and walking yesterday at the same time. I went out and walked my dogs around the block and, you know, just to get away. So I, I was like, I haven't done enough today. I, I'm averaging um, right now over 15,000 steps a day. I'm down from the 20,000 I used to average. 
but I'm really into this. I'm really into being active, being fit, and not sitting on my butt all day long. And if you are like me and you're a big football fan, my middle brother is an obsessed college football fan, and I'm an obsessed NFL fan. And each of us try to convince the other that the football they watch is better. But the thing is, I pace when I watch football, an NFL game, because I'm so into it. And I'm automatically getting steps in and I'm standing. Just think about in your life what you can do and know that a rudimentary standing desk, it's like 100 bucks. These were $99 that we have here. And one that, like Costco sells one that depending on whether it's on temporary discount or not, is in the 200s many times. It's a motorized thing, goes up and down. And there are many different competitors for these. And fitting in with the theme of what we're going to talk about later in this podcast, this is an item you can likely find used. Because a lot of people may think they want to stand and work. And then later they're like, I hate this. I got to go back to sitting on my butt. And they'll get rid of it. And this is just an opportunity for you to really help your health a lot. Again, people who work at a job that you have to be on your feet all day long, particularly on a concrete floor, not so good for you. That's a situation where a good thing becomes a bad thing. And if you do stand, like I have a mat here, I stand on, it's one of those things like people might have who work in a kitchen that protects your back Mm -hmm. from the strain of standing on what's underneath as a concrete floor here. These mats are cheap. I really recommend them. I have a little balance board that I stand on at home sometimes. Show off. It makes you move a little. You think I, how many nanoseconds could I make it on? Not a chance. Not going to happen. All right. You ready for questions? I'm ready. This one's from Barry in Georgia. I'm a state employee and blessed with the opportunity to take advantage of great benefits. However, I'm not sure how much of it I should opt into. Disability insurance, accident insurance, short-term disability, long-term disability, and on and on. How many of these typical insurance products offered by employer do you think I should sign up for? Is there a more effective, less expensive way to get the same coverage? Okay. So the most important you have offered to you, Barry disability insurance, what they call an LT policy, long-term disability policy, LTD, buy that. Um, If you medically qualify and underwrite and you want to find a broker for that, if your health is really great, you'll likely do better buying it on your own. You want to buy 70% of your income. If uh, health may be an issue, it's too much hassle finding a broker that sells disability insurance, Buy the long-term disability from your state and have that. The state hopefully will offer you an option of both 60% and 70%. If they offer you 70, buy the 70 because then you'll likely be able to live the same lifestyle on long-term disability than you would otherwise. Short-term disability, I usually don't recommend. That's for the period of time that you're first disabled it's really only appropriate for someone who has no savings at all. Just based on reading your words, I think you're probably a good saver. 
You don't need the short term. You only need the long term. Long term disability is ultra important because stats show you're three times more likely during your working years to become disabled at some point than you are to pass away during your working years. From Dan in Florida, I closed a business at the end of 2020 and I have a vendor claiming I owe them about $2,000, which I have no problem paying, except I've asked them to call me instead of emailing so I can confirm if everything is legitimate and that this is the final bill. I email them and they don't reply. I call them and leave voicemails. This is a large shoe manufacturer. And as you know, I could just get lost in the shuffle. And then when they decide they will send me to collections and it will be too late for me to do anything. What do you recommend I do? So this is hard. Uh, you know, they, they did a sweep of records years late, decided there was an unpaid invoice. You have no way of knowing if it's accurate. If it took them a couple of years to even send it to you, odds are it's not accurate. You're a smart person not to just pay this money, Dan, because of the fact that you don't know if the amount's legit, if the debt is accurate in any way shape or form or fashion is reasonable for you to ask for documentation so the emailing's not working nobody wants to talk to you send a certified letter if you wish or rather uh, you could just send certificate of mailing which shows that you've sent a communication to the receivables department whoever it is who's contacted you originally and say, there's an invoice you say I owe. I've asked for documentation of what this invoice is for. I have not received any. I'm happy to pay you if I owe it, but I need documentation. You want to show that you have actively, in good faith, attempted to pay. If you're contacted by a collector, all you would do is you immediately dispute the validity of the debt because you haven't been provided with any documentation. The debt would probably not hurt your credit, the collection agency would be a commercial collector, not one attempting to put an item of collection on a consumer credit report, as this is a business-to-business debt. And from Dylan in Nebraska, we are contributing to two kids' 529s. They are three years apart. Is it wise to continue to contribute to the 529s once they have enrolled in college, or is there a better place for that money? Thanks for keeping us Clark smart. So fantastic, Dylan, that you've been funding the 529 accounts. Normally, you cease contributing when your kid enters college because the purpose of that money is to pay for eligible college expenses. And it becomes messier if later you're like, oh man, look at all this money we have in here. The only case you would continue to contribute for either of your kids once they've entered college is if you are going to pay for, let's say, the first couple of years out of funds you already have, you're going to use the 529 money for junior and senior year. Or if your kids are on a direct path that they're going to go to a professional or graduate school, that would be a reason that you might continue to contribute to a 529, use resources you have for school. But otherwise, if you're going to use the 529 money for college, you want to go ahead and stop contributing at the point they enter. And at some point during the college, you use that money to pay for eligible expenses. What about, though, in the case where the state gives you a deduction for contributing? If the, other, the first kid's in school, should you contribute maybe 
you know, for the More other for the kid, yeah, child. into yes. the first one's yes, name. Yes, that would make absolute sense. With the kids three years apart, I didn't mean you stop contributing to the younger kids 529 when the older goes into college. You would definitely continue to contribute, particularly if in Nebraska there's a, a state tax benefit for contributing to a 529 plan. Now, speaking of benefits to your wallet, we're going to talk about one that is booming right now, and that is buying just about everything used in the marketplace instead of new is a way to beat inflation. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate Cubist versions of your family's holiday photos, but it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple. 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Inflation has ravaged so many people's budgets, and something that I've been into forever is catching on big time, and that's buying stuff from other people that's used rather than new. I have done this for as far back as I can possibly remember, that I bought used furniture, damaged furniture. My wife and I just bought some used and damaged furniture just recently. That, not that the used is damaged. We bought used furniture and damaged furniture that we could repair ourselves. It was funny, uh, Lane was showing me We've got all this repair kit stuff when there's minor damage to furniture. And we were looking at colors. We've got all these markers you used where there's a place that's scuffed that you want to basically fix the color. So where that's a little scuffed or a little dented that it matches right up. And we're going through the colors, which is hard for me because I'm not colorblind, but I have trouble with anything other than really clear colors like I can tell my Bucky's cup is red and yellow I mean obviously really bright colors but when something is more subtle not easy for me so thank goodness she's able to do that kind of stuff but people are buying furniture used in such numbers and I was in New York recently at the flip over of the month I was there on September 1st and I was walking through a neighborhood that trash pickup was happening the next day and there's all this stuff on the street and this was crazy in manhattan is people's leases were up people had put furniture they weren't going to move that they were abandoning right out on the street next to the garbage and it was like a flea market people are walking down the sidewalk looking at what furniture people whose leases had ended that they had just abandoned on the street and people were picking up pieces and they were deciding and people were just walking away with furniture to take to their places free. 
I talked in the past about a thing called free cycle, and there are different exchanges people do where you pick up furniture for free, but people are buying all different kinds of things, sporting goods. I talked last month about how continuing to be a great opportunity is any kind of fitness equipment free that people bought as pandemic puppies that they couldn't go to the gym so they bought equipment at home now they're back at the gym they don't use the stuff at home or they never used it they thought they would and they're selling that stuff so cheap thing after thing that's such a deal and so you're able instead of having to deal with the inflationary cycle uh, you're able to save so much money clothing right now uh, i don't know if the used clothing business has been affected by this but with the massive overstocks of clothing that are going on right now with apparel retailers and discounters trying to get rid of excess clothing, gosh, you may not need to look at used clothing or the used clothing may even be a better deal now because of the overhang of all the new stuff that's being cleared out. And then an area that I've always been wishy-washy on, electronics buying those that have been refurbed. I'm not a big refurb person because I'm always worried about, am I buying something that was troubled? Or am I buying something somebody just didn't want, they took it back, and it's now being sold as a refurb? Walmart, seeing an opportunity in the market, has launched a program called Walmart Restored. And so they're selling stuff in certain categories where you're getting uh, significant discounts, allegedly, from what you'd pay new, TVs, computers, cell phones, tablets, cameras, appliances of various sizes. Those are the main categories. What I like about it is it's 90-day right to return for a full refund. So if something turns out to be in terrible condition, it's not reliable. With a refurb, you're going to know pretty quickly that you were sent a piece of junk. And so this is an opportunity with, they call it Walmart Restored, instead of calling it refurb. But anyway, with the Walmart Restored, that you've got this 90-day period that you can just say, nah, take it back, get your money back, and at the same time, get a lower price. But this is a true inflation fighter. You know, it's hard to fight inflation in the supermarket, hard to fight it on energy, hard to fight it on housing costs. But other stuff in our lives, we can really fight those higher costs. And so this is an opportunity. Now, Krista, I have a beef about my beloved Aldi. What? Yeah. My Aldi yogurt I love so much. Mm Mm-hmm. Before we got into all these much higher grocery prices, the yogurt was 29 cents, then it was 34, and then it had some other increases. Now it's 49 cents for that cup of yogurt. So it's gone from 29 to 49 because of the inflation. But then I was in a traditional supermarket and I saw how much they were charging (laughs) for equivalent yogurt, and I stopped being unhappy about well, I'm not happy with my 49 cents, but I felt not as unhappy when I saw that price increase. <laughs> okay. 
We're going to go to some questions now. I love it. Mark in Washington says, I was uh, I was able to avoid a bad situation quickly by freezing my credit after I was notified by Credit Karma of a hard inquiry by a big bank. Is there any way to have a hard inquiry removed from your credit? This is a great question. The credit reporting system is very poor on this. Fortunately, hard inquiries are a tiny, tiny impact on your credit score. Uh, hard inquiries are one of the most minor of all things. Now, you can attempt to dispute that hard inquiry with the credit bureau, and in the same time, you have to contact the giant monster mega bank. And I want to tell you, you might as well be able by yourself to move one of the great pyramids in Egypt <laughs> or move the Great Wall of China before you get a giant monster mega bank to do the right thing. So I don't know that because the, the impact of a single hard inquiry is so small, I don't know that I would spend the time on it. The great thing when you have a credit freeze in place, as you do now, is you don't end up with that hard inquiry because it just bounces back when a criminal attempts to pretend to be you and apply for credit as if they are you. So now that you got the credit freeze in place, this is never going to happen again. This is from Brenda in Ohio. I bet you haven't heard of this. I have my gas company turn off my gas in May, and I reconnect it in September. I was being charged $50 a month for not using any gas at all. My water heater is electric. I think it's worth passing this on to folks like myself. Why pay if you're not using it? Okay. So... Depends where you live in the country, Brenda, if you can completely avoid the cost with a gas company. I love it that this has saved you, what, 300 bucks? Maybe 250, July, 300. Yep. Yeah. So this is, this is really great. Some jurisdictions, you have to pay just to be there for a gas company. You have monthly fees. But for you to avoid the $50 a month is really great. And in states where you can do that, if you're not using gas at all for any purpose during warmer weather, great way to save some money. From Lori, also in Ohio, I'm currently investing in a Roth 401k through my employer who offers a 60% company match. I know that the money (laughs) I invest into my 401k is tax-free when I retire, but what about the 60% that my employer matches? Will that money also be tax-free when I retire, or will I have to pay taxes on it since it is essentially free money? Lori, I am the bearer of bad news. (laughs) The employer match is treated as traditional pre-tax money, and you will have to pay tax on it when you retire. Now, the good news for you you got all that money from your employer and they didn't have to give you all that. The other thing is that there's actually positive advantages to having money in a pre-tax pile and a post-tax pile. And you'll have both. And each year you'll be able to figure out based on your income and retirement, your current tax situation, not hurting eligibility for any federal benefits that uh, retiree benefits, Social Security, Medicare costs, things like that, that you can pull little bits out of the pre-tax pile 
that your employer has so generously provided to you. So it's just a matter of managing those levers once you are in retirement. But it is a wonderful gift from your employer. And yes, eventually, it is a bit of a tax time bomb. And I want to tell you that investing in retirement, so interestingly, are some of the most popular questions we receive. And this is a real change over the years. When I started doing consumer advice in the 1980s, yeah, there was life that long ago, and I was doing it principally on, well, I was doing radio, TV, newspaper, and then later books. When I was doing it, I never, ever had questions about retirement. But over the decades, we've become more and more responsible for our own retirement. So we've had to learn things that nobody taught us about basic investing, and we're happy to help with that. Also, I want to tell you, whatever your question is that might be on your mind, know that we provide free one-on-one advice to you 30 hours each week with our volunteers and paid staff at our Team Clark Consumer Action Center. They're here to help you from 10 in the morning Eastern Time Zone till 4 in the afternoon Eastern Time Zone, Monday through Friday. You call 636-49-CLARK. That's 636-49-CLARK.